and welcome to Riddles in the Dark, sponsored by the Mythgard Institute. This is Corey Olson subbing in for Dave Kale as the introducer <laughs> of our episodes. I'm not used to doing this. This is, I think as Yana has just pointed out, I think our first ever Riddles in the Dark episode without Dave. I think Dave. it is. Uh, it but is sad, yeah, isn't it? He's been on the road and I couldn't make it, and rather than push off our mid-year review any further, we decided to... Uh, to forge ahead without him. So we are here. I am joined today by Trish Lambert and by uh, one of our other producers, Laura Burkholz, who has also been, uh, you will know from the Digest episodes with Trish. So good afternoon to you, Trish and Laura. Known as Olsen's Uppity Women. <laughs> I mean, we have Tolkien's Uppity Women and we have Olsen's right. Uppity Women. Exactly, yes. Trish is right. making a reference to, to, to the paper that she is writing on Tolkien's Uppity That's Women. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. Okay, so uh, what we're doing here today is our mid-year review episode. Basically, we have come to the, 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 the middle point in our second season, the, the you know, the halfway through the uh, that time period from the release of film one to the release of film two. And of course, with the release of the trailer recently, we have clearly begun the, uh, you know, the marketing push season for the second film. So I'm assuming that more things such as trailers and whatnot will be released over the next, you know, few months so that we will begin to get more, uh, more content, uh, uh, promotional content released by Warner Brothers to be discussing over the next few months as well. So we'll be kind of entering into that different season of uh, analysis and discussion as we lead up to the film. Um, but we thought it would be a good opportunity, since, especially since with the trailer in particular, um, some things have been released and some, some news has happened which reflects upon our previous riddles, that we would take the opportunity to go through the riddles that we have already discussed over the last six months, um, sort of comment on those, review what we have learned, and if we have gained any more information on those, and also to go over the separate conundra that Laura and Trish have devised, in which actually I haven't even answered yet. So <laughs> uh, we are going to, uh, we're going to do those things here today. So uh, also, um, also, let me say, um, and I'll pro I, we want to probably say this at the beginning and at the end, that at this mid-year review time, then um, for, gosh, an unspecified length of time anyway, the all of the riddles and all of the conundrum will be reopened on the Riddles in the Dark predictions page. We've had a lot of listeners join us, you know, on going through the year, and many have not had a chance to go and put their answers in on the early riddles because they were closed out. So for an unspecified length of time, I'm thinking maybe a month, um, we will have all of the riddles and conundra open on the Facebook page, the Riddles in the Dark Predictions page, so people can catch up on their answers. If you feel the need to change an answer, you can do that. We're not going to be policing anybody. Um, and then we'll, we'll go back to, um, you know, uh, only having them up, the latest ones up for a limited length of time. Yes, yeah. and of course, as always, we rely upon people's honesty and abiding by the <laughs> rules because, like, this is a high stakes competition right here. And, sure uh, is. Yeah, yeah, you know, with 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 as much on on the line as is on the line in this competition, we really need everybody to play by the rules. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's and right. and. It, if everybody wants to go back and side with me on the bar riddle <laughs> after seeing the first trailer, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I still remain. Oh, that's right. I need to pull the grid up here too, so I can see. 
I, I rem- yes, yes, Art, the winner does get a four, a, indeed get a 114th share. Uh, it's just a question of what indeed <laughs> they get a 114th share of. But uh, absolutely, yes, yes. Uh, well, the, the one thing, Art, I can promise is that uh, cartage and tolls will not be a problem. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, there's no, there's no hidden cost. Uh, it'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we go ahead and jump right into this? Let me read. Um, let me get back over here. I'll read the first riddle that we um, uh, started out with. Is everybody ready to go? I'm ready. Yep. Ready to be talking this stuff. Okay. So riddle 2.01. How will the film treat Bjorn's relationship with the goblins? A, he resents him for displacing him from his mountain territory, which is the book answer. B, he has a more personal grudge against them from his own or family history, as in they killed my parents or similar. C, his hatred against the goblins is in some way explicitly linked to Thorin and his family history. He has no particular grudge against the goblins at all. Or D, none of the above. Okay. Hmm. And... do we we don't answer. even have we don't have any more information about this than we did before really no really. and that's actually one know? thing that's really interesting is how little we've gotten about bjorn i mean that one little one second clip in the trailer yeah. of like the bear yeah. trying to get through the door is almost the sum total of what we've gotten about bjorn's participation in film too it still remains kind of a question of how much of him we're going to get uh i mean are we even going to get a you know long piece of exposition from him are are we going to get dinner in bjorn's house and conversation with bjorn and bjorn telling his story um that certainly seems well, likely but it's not yet a hundred percent definite that we're even going to get that much from well him. we know we have bjorn torture <laughs> right. Bjorn torture and that might have ended up in the extended today. edition, I wonder, you know. Yeah, and we have well we yeah. have a couple things. We've got the uh, pictures. There's the stills of the you know the company, the actor sitting in the big chair and having the big stein and you know laughing about in, the inside of Bjorn's house. And then there's also that one itty bitty, I think it was on a video log where there's an axe, you know, that gets mm-hmm. like like somebody's chopping wood and they put the, and then there's a bear bear walking away in the background. And that's you're right. That's about, that's about it. Now it's it's interesting to me, and I I'm sure I'm the voice of the minority here, but it's interesting to me that everybody, and I don't mean just us, but it seems like the whole fandom has assumed that that bear that is chasing them is actually Bjorn. And I think it's possible that it's not Bjorn. That it may be like a guard bear or something, or one of Bjorn's relatives. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know that we necessarily should absolutely assume that that's... No, we shouldn't Jason. absolutely assume. I mean, as we discussed in our trailer episode, the sheer size of the bear head, it's really hard to believe that it's anyone but Bjorn. Because um, obviously Bjorn's got to be the biggest of the bears, right? I mean, he can't he can't have bear guards who are bigger than he is. Um, and there can't be bears very much bigger than that. I can't imagine. Um, well, the only... The only- only lo- you know the thing that just seems illogical to me is why would he be chasing him into his own house? So that's the only you know. I mean, I just I, I, I agree. We'll see in December. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, you know how they're going to get from that. How they're you know what they're going to what the, I mean the fact that they go into Bjorn's house uh, that seems relatively clear. Uh, you know the fact that it is Bjorn's house that they're holding the bear off. For, you know from that that. Right. That that shot takes place inside Bjorn's house seems clear, um, you know. And as you say, the business with the chair shows that that it's there again. That doesn't 
show me how long they spend there. Um, it doesn't tell me That's how true. much we learn about Bjorn yeah. as a character. No. Uh, right. So, you know, I, I don't... Um, I, I'm still I'm still going to be curious about that, but it is one of the things that I have been interested in um, in its absence. I'm kind of wondering if we're going to if they're saving it for a you know a like uh, you know Bjorn trailer later on where we get a bunch mm-hmm. more of Bjorn. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Now you know Pete actually brings up a point that I had not thought of. This the scene that we're seeing in the trailer might not be when they first arrive. It could have been. The kind of thing where it's like, don't go outside. Right. You know, there's that's dangerous been, things outside. That's been my optimistic yeah. hope all the way along, you know, yeah. is that yeah, uh, yeah. that wasn't – because that was certainly the easiest thing. The difficulty with it's being Bjorn that they're holding off through the door is like it's – as uh, you know, as I said, I think it was on Twitter. Like it's hard to see how that ends well. Um, you know, like how do you <laughs> how do you get from we are barricading the door of your house against you while you are like slather, sl- slavering and foaming at the door <laughs> to – Hospitality. Exactly right. It's <laughs> it's not impossible to bridge, but you know that's a challenging social situation. It really is. So, um, <laughs> so I, I think that it's to me that was always my that was that was my immediate and most hopeful uh, interpretation of that is that it is you know that like you know hey look I told you the place is guarded at night don't go outside. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. again, that is premised upon the idea of the bear at the door not being Bjorn, of which I'm somewhat uh, doubtful. But well, um, I'm hoping like you. I'm hoping yeah. like you that, that there's going to be a trailer, you know, that's more Bjorn. Got a lot more Bjorn. Right. You know, we still got Comic Con coming up. You know, we might get some right. Bjorn at Comic Con. Yeah, um, if he's going to play any kind of role in the Battle of Five Armies, which I'm assuming he's going to, yes, you know. Can't imagine he won't. There's got to be some development of him in this in this things, you know, in terms of telling a story, or you know, even if we don't, even if we don't get the goblin uh, torture until the extended edition, you know, there's got to be some kind of you know backstory that he tells, or you know, hope. I guess Laura, we should have also asked if we were going to get you know animals on you know on their hind legs serving. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I really doubt that. I, really I doubt, doubt that too. <laughs> I, I kind of think that that's in like what I would call the tra la la lolly category of yeah, Hobbit yeah. moments. Yeah, that probably would, would be, not be in there. They probably have to do it CGI, and it would probably be really horrible to do it that way. So yeah, you're I'm right. thinking they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna skip that part yeah. of it. Yeah. Now you know there may still be animals involved, uh, but yeah the the like dogs on hind legs carrying trays. I'll be pretty I'll be pretty surprised. Um, yeah, and Brianna points out that that uh, a lot of Bjorn, at least as a bear, is uh, animated. You know, animated. It's a visual effect, mm-hmm. and so they're still probably working on that. So that's you know, at least when he's in bear form, oh, could be that's an explanation why we haven't seen a whole lot of him yet because they're still working on him. True, true. Though, as Brianna says, I mean, he's not bear all the time. I, I was actually kind of expecting a shot, at least with all of the glimpses we were given in that trailer. I mean. But the especially the you know like the last third of that trailer before the shot with the dragon got really frantic you know with a whole yeah. bunch of half second little glimpses of things um, and I was kind of expecting at least one of like a huge burly axe wielding Bjorn at some point I mean you know like firewood axe uh, wielding Bjorn but anyway we'll see I, I, it, it it may well be I mean I I would have to th- I, I would have to think that Bjorn has got to be one of the things that people are really excited about, about the second film. I mean, 
I would think I know Bjorn, especially mm-hmm. Bjorn in the Battle of Five Armies, is on my short list of like stuff I am most looking forward to seeing on film. And if they do a good job with yeah. it, the dragon, of course, Absolutely. is probably number one uh, overall in people's books, which is why Jackson has been so deliberate about how Smaug has been revealed um, in you know his treatment of him. But so you know maybe he's thinking in those terms. Not quite sure. Now, as far as our team is concerned, we have an even split. So Corey and I uh, said B on this, and Laura and Dave have said A on this. Okay. Yep. Good. I was hoping I said B. That's what I was thinking again when you – it's been so long (laughs) on these that I don't 100% remember. But uh, I was thinking B when you read them through, so I'm glad I'm still thinking uh, the same way I was back in January. Okay, now you haven't answered our conundrum, and I'm going to – Laura, you can read the conundrum. So go hit hit Corey with the conundrum. All right, our conundrum was, will Bjorn be at the Battle of Dol Guldur? No. Now, we don't even know if the Battle of Dol Guldur is going to be in the second film. (laughs) True, which is possibly an obstacle. But should the Battle of Dol Guldur occur, occur, I don't think it's going to happen. It's an interesting idea because there is, of course, book precedent for Gandalf encountering Bjorn and getting help from him post Gandalf separation from Bilbo and the dwarves. And when I say book precedent, I mean like manuscript precedent. I mean, that's what Gandalf does. Uh, the wizard, well, he was still Bladorth and the wizard at the time before his name had been changed to Gandalf. But when in Gandalf's <laughs> in, in Tolkien's first draft of chapter eight, um, you know, the flies and spiders chapter. Uh, and we, you know, when they're captured by the, by the, uh, by the elves, um, Bilbo eventually, in what becomes chapter nine, uh, does run back and go back to Bjorn's house where the wizard is still hanging out with Bjorn and gets their help. So it's, you know, it's out there. It exists uh, as a concept, but I don't expect it. Mostly, again, because I think they're going to meet Bjorn. Uh, I'll be a little bit surprised if what happens in the book happens in the film, that is if Bjorn almost completely disappears for many chapters and then all of a sudden, bam, there he is in the battle of five armies. Mm -hmm. It's not quite, there's one fleeting reference to him after the dragon is dead. And we hear, uh, we hear about, uh, you know, how the birds are spreading rumors about the death of Smaug. And uh, we, we hear like in one, not even a full sentence that Bjorn has heard the news of the death of Smaug. Um, but other than that one reference, we hear nothing whatsoever about Bjorn from the time, you know, from the end of chapter seven through his sudden appearance in the Battle of Five Armies, which we don't even see, which we only hear about in retrospect after it's happened. That I'll be yeah, surprised if that happens quite so quite so completely. Yeah, I don't think they can drop him quite like yeah. that. So he's got to be doing something. But it makes me wonder if maybe the um, and and I admit that at they aren't being at Dulgledore would be kind of a stretch, but it'd be it'd be kind of cool. Well, you see. answered yes. But maybe that I know, I know. Um, I'm not going to change it now. But, but what actually, if that, and Dave did too. Dave and Dave and Laura both answered yes on this one. What if that torture scene is actually after they leave his house? What if that's kind of you go back to Bayorn's house and that torture scene is after the dwarves have left so that we're not completely dropping him after the dwarves leave their house. It's possible. Or, you know, they could be playing up if we're, if we're going to get an on-screen torture thing, you know, if we're going to get his interrogate, his uh, forceful interrogation of a goblin and a warg or whatever it is, um, uh, 
on screen, it may well be that they're just going to use that. I would say that the most likely explanation for that is the one that's similar to the book. That is, okay, mm-hmm. so he and he and Thorin and company start off on the wrong foot by the look of the trailer, perhaps emphatically on the wrong foot. And But he has a change of heart, which needs to be given screen time. So, you know, he discovers the truth, and which is probably more than just verifying their story, as it is in the book. Possibly he learns something else, like maybe Azog-related, perhaps. I don't know. Um, but anyway, then he comes back and follows them or finds them and, and you know, and, and says, okay, actually, like, I see, I misunderstood, and whatever. Like, I, it seems to me that it's that's still the likeliest place where you do the torture scene but laura i agree the one other possibility would be that we make you make bjorn part of the what is going on in the region outside the quest of the of the of thorn and company story because that's been one of the things that was very clear in film one with the Radagast subplot, um, you know, that I, I think people people sort of can kind of sort of fixate on the idiosyncrasies, shall we say, of Radagast's characterization. But to lose sight of the fact that what that means, the, 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 what that established in film one was a clear focus on we in this film are simply supposed to be interested in what is going on in Mirkwood. Um, apart from the fact that it happens to be the setting through which, you know, the the dwarves and Bilbo are going to be traveling, um, so it's with that in mind, it does not seem at all unlikely that Bjorn would become part of that story, and it's that story that Gandalf is entering into when he departs from the company. Right. Um, right. So is Gandalf in, you know, whether it's the battle of Dol Guldur or not, whether that interrogation scene is in connection with Gandalf, you know, whether Bjorn is getting information for Gandalf, I, I could imagine this. I'm not saying I necessarily think that's the most likely scenario, but I can certainly imagine it. Um, Pete said, you know, could it be just a quick sh- shot kind of similar to Gollum and Mordor, you know, where we just see the hand and it's like this right. implied torture. But I do remember the actor who plays Bjorn, sent, you know, describing, I think this was like one of the first things that got shot, you know, of all of his scenes was this torture scene and how kind of uncomfortable it made him feel. And I mean, he, he went, I think, as much de- detail as he could without being, you know, tortured and Killed by right, right, Jackson. Exactly, without being um, subject to torture himself, yes. Exactly. That's right. Um, and it's so it's and it sounded very, you know relatively graphic. I mean, I know it's PG thirteen, but still, it sounded pretty like it's going to be more than just a hand and you know right fire yeah. in the background. Yeah, and of course, you know who knows what it looks like after all the editing process and, and everything. Yeah. But and again, it could like it could have could you be know, the, the thing with the edition. I mean, remember we saw that scene of Gandalf at a party with little hobbits, you know, and that never right. made it to the first movie. It'll probably right. be, so this could be the same thing. Yep. 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 Okay. Agreed. Um, so uh, uh, Corey and I both answered no to that, and Laura and Dave both answered yes. Yeah, and this is the only mm-hmm. conundrum that Dave actually put an answer in for. So. Okay. <laughs> let's. let's and I was surprised, down. actually. I was like, oh, my God. And when I first looked at that, I was like, oh, my God, he filled them in. What a nice guy. And then I realized he just done the first one, but that's okay. Um, okay, so on to riddle number two, riddle 2.02. This is about Thryon. So where is Thryon now in real time in the movie? And I just want to stop here and say that even though we've seen the trailer, I don't know that any – there's only one of these maybe 
that's been ruled out. Maybe two. Well, um, nothing is definitively ruled out. Nothing's definitively no, nothing ruled is, out. Nothing. You know, my reaction to the trailer was, and I said this on, to somebody online, I go, no riddles have been harmed in the making of this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because everything still is. So A is dead, which is the book answer. B is alive and imprisoned in Dolgodur. I can never say that right. DG. C is alive and imprisoned elsewhere. D is alive and not a prisoner. And E, this will not be answered on screen. So you were the you were the really feisty one on this one, Corey. I remember, oh yeah, because you said absolutely. Um, D, you, you D, D alive and not a prisoner. Like wise man in the forum. And I gotta tell yeah. you, all evidence is suggesting that I was right. <laughs> My answer is obviously the one which fits best. If <laughs> assuming that, like Mister Skydiving with no parachute, knife wield dude. <laughs> Uh, with the questionable hair and crazy eyes is indeed Thran. And that's that's the if that underlies any discussion of the trailer because we don't have proof that that is Thran. But if it is Thran, then I think that D obviously fits better with what we saw in the trailer than anything else. Uh, if he's a prisoner in Dol Guldur, it's not a real secure prison, I've got to tell you. Um, and I don't... I don't any longer buy this, like, you know, because way back, like the beginning of last season, people, when that, when that very first trailer came out, which had the Gandalf fighting with crazy dude in the ruins shot, um, and which, which initially um, began the speculation that this was Thran, um, Anyway, back when that happened, people were like, oh, yes, there's like open air prisons in Dulguldur, which are really awful. Um, I'm sorry. No, like no, uh, no open air prison is going to involve the freedom for like your prisoners to be leaping out of windows and jumping around with weapons. So he is clearly not a prisoner in the trailer. And it appears from his interaction with Gandalf, both the combat interaction and the I'm being pounced on from above by crazy, uh, you know, falling guy. <laughs> crazy crazy bald, bald dude. <laughs> crazy bald dude. That, I, that clearly Gandalf did not spring this guy. So he has gotten free somehow on his own. Or he clearly is free. So anyway. He's obviously not in prison, so I'm not saying that B and C have been disproven. Again, nothing has been disproven because we don't even know for a fact that that's him. But... Right. If it is him, he is obviously not a prisoner, and he's obviously alive, and thus I am most likely correct. <laughs> well, he could be—he could be like a mind prisoner. He could have his mind in prison. That is possible, but I would still hold that I would be correct if he were like <laughs> under some kind of mental enslavement, but wandering off on his own. I, I would still call him. I mean, Maybe would that like qualify as imprisoned elsewhere? I don't you know. Maybe there's like an invisible fence around Dol Guldur. You know, he can't go outside <laughs> the bounds. Or he's he's right. he, has call, he has a collar on. He's got the collar. Yeah, yeah. That's probably it. That's probably it. That's that's. A, that's, that's I, I have to say that. It's an unexpectedly humane way for the necromancer to be imprisoning people. <laughs> and he's basically under house arrest, you know. He he he's uh, is under uh, uh, like domestic well, incarceration. Know, now let me devil's advocate again, and I actually do think the scene does take place at Dulguldur. But devil's advocate, he looks pretty darn spry, you know. Yep. I mean, he's still got dark hair. His hair is not gray or anything. What if this is a flashback? 
that actually points to the conundrum that we use. You know, yeah. what if this was back when they met, you know, and he sprung on Gandalf and they had a misunderstanding of fight and then he and Gandalf ends up getting the key in the map from him. I think that's, you know, I mean, I, that's one thing that I was doing when I was th- thinking about the trailer was I went back to the first film and was looking at the shots of Thrain that we got. And it, that is one thing that is very clear. Um, howsoever bald and crazy looking he might be that the the plummeting guy in the trailer mm-hmm. is not as gray and old as Freya no. is in the opening hmm. sequence. He, well, and here does he have both eyes? <laughs> well, I guess he still would 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 be missing an eye, even when he gave uh, Gandalf the map, right? Because Astrid yes. was missing an yep. eye. Yeah, right? he he should be. Yeah, he should be. Um, if they're going to keep that, so yeah, I I I, I like that idea. I still think that he's obviously not in prison at the time Gandalf meets him. If that, even if that is a flashback, um, but um, but yes, it is true that if that is just a flashback and he has since died, then the correct answer would be A. Uh, but um, uh, yeah. but anyway, I I, I do think that uh, I, I feel more confident than ever in my crazy answer to that riddle. <laughs> I remember. I remember in the episode we talked about this too, which was the 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 Huron motif that that could be followed here. Right. You know where Sauron has supposedly let him go, but in fact has not really done that. You know this whole mental thing, like we were talking about, um, where he's let Thrain go, but in fact it's been he's still under Sauron's influence. I love it. That would be cool if they do like a Thrain Huron thing. It would be very interesting to do that. I mean, Jackson's so. He is so cagey about that, you know, about yeah. kind of little Silmarillion things. It could, so it could happen. I mean, especially <laughs> since, of course, because you've got the the Thorin Turin thing. I mean, people overlook the fact of how similar right. their names are, Thorin and Turin. Um, you know, Thorin and Turin's names are very similar, and they're both like the dragon stories. Now, Thorin is not like Turin, a dragon slayer, which is a huge deal. It's you know, it's a big difference. And the story, you know, Thorin's story but and Thorin's both story are very bad decisions. They do exactly. So you know, it's anyway. I think it's to 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 do a Thrain Hurin thing would be kind of awesome. I, I would, it would if, be. It if would. he does that, I would love it. I, yeah. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but I would love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just I was just thinking about um, you know how how they changed Aragorn's character in the first movie was not very Tolkien-esque, really. They made him you know doubtful of himself. Now the way they've sort of fleshed out Thorne in this movie is much more Tolkien-esque, especially mm-hmm. referring back to the Silmarillion. Yes. Yes. You know, he yeah. really references back to Turin and um, uh, Feanor and uh, you know Tor. all those all those prideful characters that we got in the Silmarillion. Yeah, you know that, and that's I think that's a really good way of of saying it, Laura. It's one of the things which just overall was one of the things that really gave me the impression that I had of the Hobbit film. The reason I emerged from the Hobbit film saying. I know people are going to complain about all the changes that have been made, but you know, this film was much, nevertheless, despite all those things, much truer to the spirit of what Tolkien wrote than the Lord of the Rings film was. Because you had all that stuff, like the, as you say, Aragorn, you know, doubting himself and being like, I turned away from that path long ago. And, you know, the whole... Eowyn, or not Eowyn, the whole Arwen, I am spiritually linked to Frodo in some way, which to this day I don't understand. Um, like, 
all of those things, those were hugely different and, and totally outside, as you say, totally outside the spirit of what Tolkien was writing. Whereas so many of the things here I thought worked very well. Just the whole thing has yeah. the atmosphere of, um, it just, it just generally impressed me with the fact that they mm-hmm. had really thought that through a lot better in this film. So, yeah. um, but we should I go agree. on to the, to the, What's the conundrum? The conundrum. The, the conundrum is: Did Thran give Gandalf the key and the map before the Battle of Esenobazar? No, I don't think so. I think that's going to be part of the. There are two reasons I think no on that. First is that I think that obviously that little throwaway line of like Thran disappeared at the Battle of Five Ar- at, the, at the Battle of Esenobazar. Um, that was given to us in the context of the as an old bizarre flashback was clearly like setting up a mystery, which was not dealt with at all in the first film of like, well, what did happen to Thray? And I do expect that to come out at some point and Gandalf's finding, you know, or procuring of the key and map um, would, I expect to be a part of that story. So that's one reason. I don't think that the other reason is that it doesn't, it seems to me rather illogical from Thrayan's point of view. Unless Thran has some kind of, and I seem to vaguely remember Dave espousing some sort of idea like this when we were doing this episode, that unless Thran has some kind of like semi-prophetic foreboding prior to the Battle of Azanobazar and we get a scene with Thran and Gandalf where Thran's like, you know, a foreboding is upon me and I want you to have these because like I believe that like if you have them, then all will be well or whatever. Barring I think that something... was me. I think was that I think you? that... Yeah, and I think that storyline is to me what the Dolly story is to Yana. You know, I'm kind mm-hmm. of in love with that. Idea. Yeah, I'm in love hey, with that. Story. You know, that's a fun. I like that, and if that happens, I will completely accept it. But other than that, I can't imagine any can't reason really why Thran would do it. I mean, if he's going to give the key to somebody, it would be to Thorin, right? But well, after yeah. the battle, well, if they're they're on the eve of the battle and they've already been thrashed around by the dragon, so he's a little bit, you know gun shy if you will and Thorin's going to go into battle I mean everybody that's close to him is going to go into battle with him um, you know he'll I would my yeah. logic was you know he'd give the key and the map to somebody that's not going to go into battle well, and, me, and it wouldn't be necessarily the night before the battle it might have been sometime before the battle you know it doesn't have me, to be like to me the, the biggest riddle is why doesn't uh, why doesn't Thorin say anything when Gandalf says your father gave me this map and key he just yes. drops it I was completely goes, ah. mystified by the utter lack of commentary upon that. It just kind of comes out, and everyone's like, huh, all right. Look, a map. All right, let's, uh, okay. Where'd you get it? Your dad gave it to me. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. It's barely interesting, I mean, maybe in Bjorn's, Maybe in Bjorn's house, after they have a few glasses of mead, Thorne will say, by the way, Gandalf, kept meaning to ask yeah, you. That. And maybe that's when the flashback scene will come in. To yeah. that's, it's conceivable. Could happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could happen. I know that is that is one of the you know right. mysteries yeah. is why Thor didn't seem to have it. With everything else that he's proud about, why wouldn't he have it? You know, those that's mine. Mm-hmm. Why would you have it? Right. Well, right. you think Which... he'd at least said, "Wait, my father is my father alive?" Would that right. mean I wouldn't <laughs> be king under the mountain? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Not curious about whether or not Dad is still alive. Um, of course, in the book, in the book, it's the funny part is is that Gandalf's been carrying around for ninety nine years, right? Right, and right. Just yes. remember, 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. And well, though he says, you know, he had no idea who it was. So, uh, you know, right, even in the, even in the published book, he says that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it is though. And again, even in the published book, Thorin gets a little bit snippy about it, you know, uh, yeah, uh you know, he when he, when, and, and, and Gandalf rises to it, you know, when he's, when he asks how Gandalf came by it and Gandalf's like, I did not come by it. I was given it. Right. He's, he's kind of defensive about the whole thing. Right. So that exchange is there in the book and, and, the way that it was downplayed, I do wonder, uh, like, uh, uh, like, I'm not sure how to pronounce Ives, Eves, Eve, Eves, yeah, Eve. Yeah, uh, if uh, as 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 Eve is saying, um, it, it yeah, could like well there, there could well be more of that in the extended edition. I mean, it may well be yeah. some, that something that that was just cut for the. Oh, you mean in the first cinematic. film? Yeah, yeah. The first one um, so that perhaps it was yeah, perhaps yeah, you know pizza, pizza's. Yeah. He says Jackson may have just assumed that, you know, the unwashed masses wouldn't have really cared nor even noticed that. Which know, is the, why the missing reaction. Right. Which is why uh, which is why he might have cut it, it have it yeah. be there, but decide at the end of the day that that could be something that could wait for yeah. the extended edition. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Moving on to 03. Oops. I went too far. Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, okay, great. I we have, you know, I love these questions. These are good <laughs> questions. How will, it, as like I said, no riddle was harmed in the making of the trailer. How will the elves' relationship with the encroaching evil in Mirkwood be depicted? A, the forest is uniformly dark with no light dark boundary, but elves are living at peace, which is the book answer. B, the forest is uniformly dark with no boundary, and the elves are living in crisis. C meaning meaning <coughs> uh, armor and you know knives and bows and sliding around. C there is a clear and unchallenged evil elf realm demarcation and the elves are living in peace. The Doriath answer. <laughs> D there is a an actively defended boundary between the encroaching evil and the elf realm, i.e., the elves are in crisis. Or E none of the above. What did I, I say? I mean, I think one? you know. I mean, my impression is what you said was which one is this? Four? This is four. You said A. This a. Is, uh, no, this three. is three. Three. Oh, three. three. You said D. You I and I said D. Everybody said D. Dave. Dave said C. Dave said C. All right. Okay. Because I think actually, I well, you know, we'll have to see. We can't say definitively, but I think there is pretty clear evidence in the trailer that the answer is C or D and not A or B. Uh, because yeah. in the area that they are going through in the elf territory, where you know, the like the, basically the woodland background behind Toriel almost every time we see her is definitely not the like dark, twisted, spider infested Mirkwood right. view. Um, right. And in particular, right. I'm thinking of that that scene that I find so funny with the pointing elf, right? Uh, who's pointing the right. path right out, what looks like right outside mm -hmm. their door. You know, the like, go straight ahead and you can't miss it scene. That, that path, that To Legolas of all people. To Legolas, right? yeah. yes, exactly. That's what makes it so funny. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the, the bit... The thing is that that scene is clearly like it's it's nice, pretty bucolic elf woods that they're going out right. into. It is definitely not twisted, dark, hideous Mirkwood stuff. Um, so right. I would expect now. Now the fact that Legolas is wearing armor. Yep. 
Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. I think the pointing elf is wearing armor too. Sort yeah. of leads me to think that D is probably the answer. And also the fact that you know when Legolas does his slide and says, "Don't think I will not kill you," that still doesn't mean he was necessarily looking for the dwarves. I mean, the, no. the pointing guy. I said this to somebody on the on the site today. I said the pointing guy may be pointing because their radar showed unusual spider activity. You know, and right. he's pointing, to, you know, where they got the spider activity, and you know, Legolas is going, and then he happens to run into the dwarves. Right, exactly. That 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 uh, invites a, a charming idea of some kind of like, you know, spider app, you know, on their iPhones that they can use. <laughs> or little antennas, you know, little 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 um, saucers, you know, antenna saucers that come up and they and they revolve, <laughs> yeah, something and then like they come that. back down yeah. again. Exactly. <laughs> Talk about in the spirit of Tolkien, yeah, that's or maybe uh, the butterflies oh, yeah, and messengers. The butterflies. The butterflies. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, look yeah. at all that potential, like eagle that's summoning right. uh, 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 troops that uh, yeah. that Bilbo is surrounded by <laughs> on the tree. So it indicate um, that these seems to be the right answer, but even so, I think this riddle is still open. For- yeah. Yeah, no, I I think there's there's clearly evidence in support of D. The fact that they're they have armor and weapons, by the way, doesn't to me absolutely exclude A or C. Um, uh, it's okay That's for right. them. I mean, yeah. even in Doriath, they had armor and weapons. Exactly, and went out to patrol the boundaries right. and things. Um, but right. uh, but yeah, no, like basically the the in crisis thing really means like, do we get the sense that the elves feel like their land is a land under siege, that the spiders and the right. evil corruption of the forest is encroaching upon and they're trying to hold it at bay or whatever. Um, or is it just like, ah, oh, you know, what are other parts of the forest dark? Well, whatever, you know, the S that's outside our realm and it's awful. Right. Um, right. But uh, but anyway, I mean, which actually is seems to be, in fact, the situation uh, in the book, because the elves know perfectly, yes. you know, it's not like they're they don't know about the spiders and don't know about the evil corruption of Mirkwood and aren't happy when it's gone. But at the same time, they're not like in crisis and needing to do something about it and under pressure. So uh, anyway, um, sure. so, so, yeah, that's why A is the book answer. But um so, Laura, hit us with the conundrum. The this conundrum. one took us a while to talk about. <laughs> Digest. <laughs> Will a deer or heart or elk, etc., show up in Mirkwood as the dwarves cross the river? Now, it could be a white or a black deer, just to right. make that clear. Yeah. Okay. We wanted to be very actually, specific about we didn't get into okay. color. Irrespective like of color. It's a, it's a black deer that jumps across, but it's a white deer that they see later on, I believe. Yes. Now... Uh, no, but so I think our I'm... conversation in the digest about this was about would this is just the perfect kind of little throwaway that Jackson would give to the fans. You know what I mean? And also could be what causes Bomber to fall in the water. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so. uh, I'm going to say no, but I think there might be a moose. Just kidding. Oh, I just said that to annoy. <laughs> it could be a moose. Um, uh... Anything with moose <laughs> That's under etc. Et uh, yeah, uh, just under etc. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, any any deer or closely related species? Uh, ungulates. Yes, okay. ungulates. Uh, yes. Uh, it, w- Doesn't even have to have antlers. Okay. A cow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a cow. cow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a compromise, you know, a white cow. <laughs> I'm sure the fans would like that just as well. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I have to tell you, I am, you know, Trish, you're talking about being in love with the idea of like, you know, Thrayan's foreboding, and uh, right. uh, I am in love with the idea of a like Hobbit Aeneid crossover. 
where uh, where Thranduil's elk gets shot by Thorin uh, in like a tragic misunderstanding. Which oh, that's right. Oh, that's them. right. You talked about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, just to, to remind people who might not be immediately familiar with the Aeneid, it's the thing that starts the war at the end of the Aeneid. So that you know, Aeneas and and his son Ascanius and the Trojans have landed in Italy, and they're having peace talks with the local Italians. It looks like everything's going to work out fine. Uh, but of course, Juno, who is trying to prevent and destroy the Trojans, won't let everything work out just fine. And so she arranges for things to go sour in various ways. But the thing, the event which actually uh, uh, leads to the beginning of bloodshed between the, the Romans or the Trojans and the Italians um, is this deer. Like th- this Italian family have a pet deer. Uh, and it's like off minding its own business, doing its like gentle domestic thing. And Ascanius, Aeneas's son, and some of his warriors come upon it and shoot it, or you know they injure it, and it like returns wounded uh, to the to the you know to its to its its family, you know to the, to the humans who 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 house it, and like it dies right there. And then like the hunters come and they respond, and and pretty soon battle breaks out. Um, it's a really poignant moment in the Aeneid, and you know that that so that I find that parallel just delightful. Um, and I don't remember who it was that initially suggested that the uh, the deer shot at the river could be Thranduil's elk. So much was made Ooh. of Thranduil's elk uh, after the first film um, <laughs> that it came up pretty quickly. But um, uh, but anyway, I, I I love the idea. Love it. You know, if uh, if like when they meet Thranduil, you know, he's like, and you shot my elk. You know, like oh man. You shot my Bobo. <laughs> it would be great. It would be fantastic. Well, and you know, you think about it because I mean, if they play up the, you know, they're starving and they're in the forest. If they play up that aspect of, it, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it could know. totally work. It absolutely could work. Do that. Yeah. Now, I'm not necessarily that, predicting that, that will uh, happen, but anyway, yes, I think my answer to the conundrum is yes. I do think that some kind of deer-ish thing. Hooved animal. Hooved <laughs> animal that is probably not a cow will show up at the river and be shot. I, I, I think that that will happen. So we're almost unanimous on that. I think everybody. If Dave, if Dave feels, um, well, if Dave, he, you know, but he can, Dave, he can be really contrary. Just Dave will probably say, so no. say no. Yeah, just because everyone else is saying yes. <laughs> just because he's Dave. But he'll have a really good reason. He always has a great reason. That's true. That's true. Okay, so let's see. Back to the riddles. Let's go on to 04 here. Under what circumstances will the dwarves be captured by the wood elves? A, elves are sent out to capture the dwarves and do so after they are freed from the spider web casings. Book answer. B, elves are sent out to capture the dwarves, but they have to rescue them from the spider web casings to do so. C, elves encounter the dwarves by chance, or seek them benevolently after they are freed from the spider webs. D. Elves encounter the dwarves by chance, or seek them benevolently and rescue them from the spider casings. Or E. None of the above. What did I say? Hmm. You okay. said A, and I said C. I think almost everyone. And Laura said A. Everybody said A except me. I said C. Okay. And I actually do still C. think that that holds. Yeah, I think Seek is still definitely in the running. Oh, I Because, again, I, I'm thinking 
I'm thinking that Legolas happens, it literally happens upon them, but it's it, after they've been freed from the spider webs. Yeah, it could well be. I mean, I do think B and D are looking real unlikely based on the trailer. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. In spite of in spite of the Lego toy. In with spite Toriel of the Lego toy. And yeah. Legolas and the spiders. <laughs> right. Which, you know, like let that be an instructional moment for us, you know, in in what kind of interpretive well, conclusions we come to based on Lego toys could, in the future. The, Lego toys, that's, elves, right. that's right. The elves could right. still be, um, be still help rescue them from the spiders only after they're out of their case sentence. Right. That's why it's written so specifically. Yep. That's why it's written so specifically. This is specifically about freeing them from the casings, not fighting right. the spiders afterwards. Yeah, exactly. That That's easily imaginable. I mean, of course, in the book, they've already eluded the spiders. The spiders have given up and gone home, and then the elves find them. Um, the right. idea that mm -hmm. they would still be in flight from the spiders and the elves come in at the tail end and, uh, you know, attack the spiders, and that's what makes the spiders retreat. Um, that, uh, that, that seems to me, not even a major shift from the book, really, just a compression. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And both actually, a compression and an addition of more action. So, In the book, I, I believe it's when they wander into an area where the elves had been, one of their feasting areas, that the spiders give up and go away. Right, yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, so, exactly. So, as you say, even in the book, there is a sense that it is, in fact, indirectly, the elves, which assist in their escape you know they would not have escaped ha escaped right. had it not been for the magic of the elves mm -hmm. yes yes yeah. Yeah. so are we are we basically thinking then that bilbo's still going to have a hero a hero moment here that the you know the freeing of the dwarves will will be very much still his i do i do movie. i think so i mean and and it's i even... hope so you I know, hope even, it, I hope even in the arc that they've given to Bilbo, and we talked about this a lot in the reaction to film one stage mm -hmm. of things mm -hmm. about how Bilbo's hero time frame has seemed to be stepped up in the film compared to the book and how they have made, you know, the Azog fight in the out of the frying pan into the fire scene um, more, more spider-like heroism on Bilbo's part. However, there is still a difference that that they could make this as sort of part of Bilbo's continuing to develop character arc. Because there's a difference between I am here and I see that my friend is in danger and I'm going to impulsively go and do something crazy and attack this orc to save his life, which is what he does at the end of film one. And it's a significant moment, but there's a big difference between that and I am sitting here safe and under no threat I know that my friends are off in an impossible position, which it, it seems almost ludicrous for me to go and attempt to rescue them from single-handedly, but I am going to go and do that anyway. And that's the well, position he's yeah. in with the spiders. And, and plus, he doesn't actually save anybody in that Azog encounter. Right. Well, it's he kind of... I mean, that. He, right, he, exactly. He sort of delays things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he does, like, it looks like Thorin is going to be killed. But, but, but yeah, I agree. It's not like he comes in and turns the tide of battle and... and uh, yeah, and... whereas with the spiders, he does right. turn the tide. He does actually Presumably, no eagles will be involved. Moths, possibly, <laughs> but eagles, probably not in the spider scene. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I sure hope not. 
Uh, yeah, so, what, um, what eagles? Did... Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, let's see. This this is 04 now, right? So everybody yep. did A except for me. I did C. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's the right yep. one. All right. Okay, all so right. All right. Born? So, so Laura. The, the conundrum. Oh, this this conundrum actually got a lot of uh, conversation around it. Sure did. After we sure did. It. Will the word Attercop or Tom Noddy be used by Bilbo in the spider fight in Mirkwood? And and just to be clear, it could be Attercop and Tom Noddy as well. Right. <laughs> Laura argued for me, and I'm like, no, 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 let's make it or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, if you say Attercop, you might as well say Tom Noddy. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure I agree about that. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> And more, and and what's more, I will hazard a further, more specific prediction. I predict Attercop, but no Tom Noddy. That's what I predict. Oh. And here's the reason I predict. Why that. is that? Okay. okay, it is because I think that Bilbo is going to. He's going to. I think that there is going to be a moment where he is like yelling to distract them, and I think he's going to call them Attercop at that point. I don't think he's going to sing a song. Um, and I doubt he's oh, that I, I, I don't see Martin Freeman standing there yelling Tom Noddy at them, but I could imagine at cop, especially. So anyway, um, and, and, and because to me, Tom Noddy feels, I mean, the, the, the line between them is fairly fine, but I think it does exist, um, that where Tom Noddy falls just on the tra la 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 side, I think of the silliness line that uh, <laughs> Peter Jackson has been sort of unwilling to cross. So mm. I think we're going to get at our cop, but no Tom, but, Nottie, but Tom yes, Nottie. I am certainly hoping for at least one oh, yeah. of the two. Um, I will applaud if we get them both. I, I don't know. I, I can see Bilbo standing there taunting them kind of sing song and saying at a cop and Tom Noddy and, you know, that Possibly. would be so cool. I'm going to cheer. You guys are going to hear me oh, cheer yeah. Absolutely. If, if they say both. Absolutely. <laughs> Only this is why say. we need to see the movie just among ourselves. <laughs> yeah, so when we stand exactly. up and cheer, one of the whole points will. of this movie is that you know we can do these kinds of things without <laughs> annoying the general public. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, or like confirming. Oh, that's right. Pete, Pete that reminds me about Lazy Love and Crazy Cub too. He could do, he could go down the Lazy Love Crazy Cub route too. I would be surprised. That I don't I don't see that. No. Well, the thing is, people don't know what Cobb means. I mean, Cobb means certainly to yeah. Americans, Cobb means nothing but having to do with corn. Uh, most people don't right. have any idea that Cobb just means spider, um, which is why he calls him crazy right. Cobb. That's, of course, where the word cobweb comes from, though most people don't know that. Um, and right. cop, of course, is the same word as Cobb. Attercop is just the Anglo-Saxon word for a poisonous spider. Um, uh, cob is the cop or cob is the word for spider, and attercob is you know that's the same adder is the same thing as as the this the the modern word for snake. That's the you know like the right. poison snake spider right. is is like a painfully yeah. literal rendering of attercob. Well, I I really want to hear Bilbo say old Tom Naughty all big body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always loved that line. Old Tom Naughty, all big body, yeah? Yeah. Um, I don't see it. I really don't see it. 
But oh. hey, you know, we'll see. I think we'll I see. think the title for this will need to be if you're going to say Tom, if you're going to say Addercop, you might as well say Tom Naughty. <laughs> That's right. Um, I do want to point out to our listeners, both live on here and people that are listening to this as a podcast. Have you noticed how much extra education you get on Riddles in the Dark? We may not be on iTunes <laughs> University, but so far we've had a classic lesson and a little old English lesson. <laughs> just, that's what happens when you talk about Tolkien. I mean, it's hard to avoid That's these true. It is true, true, true. Okay, so let's move on to Riddle 2.05. How is the escape by barrel arranged? So our choices are... A, by Bilbo alone and unaided, which is the book answer. B, in cooperation with at least one dwarvish collaborator. C, with the knowing consent or assistance of at least one elven sympathizer. D, with the help of magical intervention from some outside, i.e. non-ring source, such as Gandalf, Radagast, Galadriel, or similar, which is the second phase manuscript plots, notes, A, answer. <laughs> Yeah. And he is none of the above. <laughs> um, and I remember we talked about this, which is which is these go like like D D takes priority over C, which takes priority over B. So in yes. other words, if there's a dwarf and an elven sympathizer, the real the answer is C. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Because they are in sort of a, uh, the order of increasing unlikeliness. <laughs> so uh, unlikeliness, so, yeah. yes, absolutely, yes, yes. yes. Um, okay. Good, good, good. So, so let's see. So um, trying to think. I, I think know that I was, I think I stood uh, alone B. on this one. I said B. B. You are a dwarvish collaborator. Dwarvish collaborator, yep. Trish. Okay. Oh, I am. I'm B. Yeah, I'm the Jory dwarvish collaborator. Jory and I are A yeah. and Davis C. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm thinking C is looking pretty unlikely from the trailer, given the elf pursuit of the barrels. You know, it's not impossible. Yeah. There could be right. a rogue elf right. sympathizer, but um, and and you know, Toriel has rogue elf sympathizer written all over her uh, in that trailer. <laughs> one has to admit, but um, uh, but anyway, but not to the extent of helping them get out. We yeah. do have that one thing where she's looking through the bars at the hot elf. <laughs> Yeah, hot dwarf. <laughs> hot dwarf. Sorry, hot, hot dwarf. dwarf. Yeah, possibly. That was yeah. It was your 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 thought bubble, Corey, when we talked about it? Was oh, that's that guy's <laughs> that hot, hot dwarf. dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> right. Possible. Quite. Quite possible. Um, but probably not. But probably not. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how. You know. I mean, we did seem to learn a bit more. I mean, we do know more about the barrel escape. Um, it does seem like they're just going to be cut loose instead of being, you know, that they're not, they're clearly not going to stow away unbeknownst to the elves. Right. You know, we're not going to get the, they're shut up in barrels and the elves don't even realize that there are dwarves and the barrels are rolling down. That's clearly not going to happen because the barrels are open and they just escape into the open water and then the elves pursue them. So, um, so this we know, but that doesn't actually answer this question at all. Um, it doesn't get us any further. Well, you know, the other thing, that's true. You're, you're right, because now that we're seeing the elves pursue them, what could happen is that somehow or another Bilbo springs them in the dungeons with no real clear plan, and the elves are actually chasing them before they ever actually leave the elven kingdom. And then Bilbo's like, quick, come in here. Okay, get in there. Get in the, get in the you know, like the plan sort mm -hmm. of yeah. surfaces right in the moment, yeah, yeah as opposed right. to it being planned ahead of time. 
Right. Or they could be, you know, just about to be discovered or something, you know, like somebody could have just discovered their empty cells and be like, right. You right. know, and them, I don't know. Yeah. But, but it's, um, but yeah, I, I, as far as the actual, um, as far as the actual mechanism of who plans it and how it happens, I think we learn very little more. So, um, yeah, I still yeah, and with the with the barrels open, that does sort of lead to not very well thought out plan either. Yeah, it does suggest <laughs> that. Yes, I agree. So maybe it is a spur of the moment thing. They've they've gotten out of their cells and they're just running and jumping the barrels. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Don't have time to put lids on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. So I, I think I was the odd man out on this one. Everybody else, I think, answered. Uh, I think well, uh, no, Dave actually, said we, C. Oh, Dave said C. That's right. That's yeah. right. He said C. Yeah. That's right. Which we've decided is the least likely at this point. Well, besides D. Being, I think so. Like, yeah. But you know, yeah. again, it could okay. still be. I, I, it's definitely not ruled out. Yeah. And then, now with uh, this conundrum, I actually want to bring up some more Tauriel stuff. But let's talk about this conundrum first, and then I want to have a little okay. Tauriel moment with you guys. All right. The the conundrum. Go ahead. Will, will Tauriel have feelings for Legolas, <laughs> whether reciprocated or not? And I want to bring up that Scott Holbrook Faust <laughs> vehemently opposed this conundrum. He didn't think just because there's a woman in a movie, you don't have to be. Having her, you know, have be everybody's romantic interest, and and that's true. But it is Hollywood, so yeah. But I already brought good. this up to Corey and Dave, yeah. and they—that's what they basically said. It's, it's very Hollywood. theoretically it's true, but it's so yeah. They're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, it's yeah. not really possible. Can you, you can tell with the conundrum like this, Corey, that you have two, you know, two females doing the digest. Well, you know, <laughs> I actually I was gonna say, I think that the phrasing of this conundrum is really admirable, uh, because. <laughs> Uh, to say whether or not she like has a relationship with him of some kind or whatever would be one thing, but to just say whether she has right. feelings for him, that's um, that's uh, that's different. That's we're kind of leaving that open for yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and we didn't even say what kind of feelings. Maybe you know, maybe right. she doesn't like him. Maybe she hates him. Maybe, Maybe it's negative feelings. <laughs> negative feelings. Well, the way she, that look loathing. she gives him, that look she gives him in the trailer, you know, she's not thinking hot elf. That's right. yeah. But Dave also brought up the fact that he, that his wife has given him that look in the past. So you know, <laughs> right? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. It doesn't prove anything. Well, yeah. Not during the winter. So what do you think, Corey? Yeah. No. Yeah, I said. I think I'm trying to remember what I said. said. Did no. you say no? No. I can't remember. I think I said no too. Yeah, I said no. I said I, no. I I I suspect that they're gonna go now in, in oh, the actually, episode. Oh, actually, Corey we... didn't answer. Yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm I'm gonna say no because I think that they they um. <sighs> I I I'm I'm this is more of a hope than a prediction really but I kind of hope that they're going going to going to go contrary to sort of stereotyped expectation. Yeah. I mean, and we talked about this a bit in the episode on this, you know, that if if uh if they do romance between Toriel and Legolas, 
would just be it's so obvious it's a I mean, trophy oh I know. yeah it's just like the easiest possible thing to do and of course it's not that they can't do it well it's not that they can't do some interesting things with it and i am very much opposed to the idea that in order for anything to be good it has to be like new and unexpected and totally different from everything that anybody ever thought um <clears throat> something which is highly anticipated perfectly logical and uh and totally expected can be done really well and can be really really powerful but i kind of hope they don't do it yeah um, for exactly yeah. the reasons actually you know that scott was kind of pointing to it it's so their decision to add a female character i've always said is it within the framework of what they're doing namely a hollywood film perfectly defensible if they're going to add characters and why not add elf characters, we get almost no elven characters in, in the Hobbit book. Um, so it makes sense actually to add at least one elf character. And if you're going to add a character, why not have it be a woman since you've got all men otherwise right. in the book? So right. I, I think that the decision that, that I, I've always felt that the decision to do it is defensible. Um, but if you're just going to add an, a female character and all you do with her is make her Legolas's girlfriend, that's lame. I mean, I can't mm -hmm. help but think that that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, um, I think everybody agreed. And everyone said no. I, I think everyone's hoping that. Yeah. That no. yeah. 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 And after seeing the now, trailer, me... I think it's it probably is going to be no. They didn't seem like the um, relationship was anything other than just friendly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, or brother and sister at the most. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Th that I can that's easily what it seems like. see them have like a yeah. siblingish yeah. kind of. Uh, yeah. And she even says that in the interview, Evangeline Lilly said that apparently her background is that I guess she was almost like a foster daughter to Thranduil, uh, right. you know, that she grew up with Legolas. I mean, that's kind of the, she doesn't say foster daughter, but that's kind of the implication that I read into it, you know, so they've grown up basically as brother and sister, which, you know, also obviously explains the look. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> now let me have my Tauriel moment here so actually it's not just there's there's a there's a, a small thing and a larger thing let me do the small thing first this just occurred to me today when i empire magazine has come out with its first desolation of smaug um uh magazine cover and uh -huh. it is uh Tauriel, legolas of the weird blue eyes and thranduil you know and and actually i think Tauriel is actually it's the it's the shot of her with that funny look on her face i was noticing the fact that Tauriel's hair is well past her waist and i don't i just it just kind of was thinking she's this warrior elf i mean isn't that a good handhold for for an orc <laughs> well yeah like, very long hair she goes is... into battle with her hair down yeah with your hair down, yeah. anyway, that's, that's, I don't yeah. know. very impressive. So did the, I think her hair's so down the, when they're fighting, aren't they? So did the Scotsman, though, and it, you know, it. Uh, yeah, you're that right. Furious, just, that hair flying all over the place. Does it like the Romans? I guess. I suppose. I just thought, you know, that that's a really long, you know, like if somebody could take, you know, pick that up and just like Azar could just pick that up and just like whip her over his head, you know, in circles because yeah. it's so long. <laughs> anyway, that's a small thing. But well, the bigger thing is actually the something. Romans, but, you know, like I could say. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, see? That's, see? That's why look how long they were legionnaires around. always had to cut their hair short and shave. Really Romans short. invented shaving. And this is one mm -hmm. of the reasons why you don't want somebody grabbing you by the beard uh, during uh, during combat. So, yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. And probably that short hair is why the military guys have the buzz cut. Right. Well, exactly. since, since she's an archer, maybe nobody ever gets close enough to, to do that. So, 
<laughs> yeah, or she's, or maybe elves just have some. Maybe there's just maybe their hair is like Teflon, and you can't just be, you know, you just can't get a handhold. I don't know. You know, yeah. elves are different. You know, different. Now, the larger thing, which has been brought up by a couple of people today, and I said, wait, 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 because I'll bring this up when we get to Tauriel, because Tauriel is, as we've seen in the trailer, and you know, it, and in the reaction to the reaction video, and in you know everything else, she's a real kick-ass warrior elf. Um, and we see her in the scene in the not in the tra not in the trailer, but in the uh, in the sneak preview footage. She's interrogating an orc. Um, it's we certainly do, and I think we may have talked about this in an episode. We certainly have. There certainly seems to be this thematic thing of torture in this particular episode uh, movie. I mean, so far anyway, with Bjorn and Tariel, and we'll be getting to Bolg in a second. Doesn't it seem like there's a lot of torture motif? You know, I wonder. I wonder if there. I'm thinking of the way in which the parallel, or at least the potential parallel, between Thorin and Azog, with the whole, you know, circle of vengeance thing. Um, yeah, it, the first film did suggest this kind of parallel between Thorin's drive for uh, for vengeance and Azog's drive for vengeance, sort of kind of not exactly blurring the lines between the good guys and the bad guys in the sense of you're not really sure who is who, but rather um, just to kind of suggest that the, the gulf between that, like the motivations that drive the good guys and the motivations that drive the bad guys are not totally different. And I wonder if they're going to be kind of blurring those a little bit more um, as time because you know this is one of the things and I'm, when i say this one of the things that i'm thinking of this is of course one of the classic criticisms of tolkien which i find really ignorant uh and based on really really poor readings of tolkien um but it's basically that the, the criticism that in tolkien everything is so black and white there are no shades of gray like there's you know it's like everyone is 100 percent good or 100 percent evil and that's all that happens in tolkien's books and that's a ridiculous thing to say about tolkien if you actually read tolkien carefully tolkien is mm -hmm. remarkably good mm -hmm. at depicting you know the temptations of the good and and you know the the and uh, and like what leads evil people to become evil people and all these things. But nevertheless, um, Peter Jackson, I wonder, I wonder if those kinds of things, because I'm sure that they have heard lots of those kinds of things about the Lord of the Rings films um, in the previous 10 years. So I'm wondering if one of the things that they're going to be doing um, sort of thematically over the course of this, which would work actually pretty well, especially when Thorin goes off the deep end and start, starts acting like a crazy man. And one could easily say, like, you know, how different is Thorin from Azog, you know, when he's on the wall that he constructs at the beginning, you know, in, in the gates of Erebor or whatever, Um I can easily see them kind of going in that direction. So perhaps, perhaps that's one of the reasons why we're getting like the torture stuff to sort of, um, mm, okay. moral ambiguity. In exactly. There. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, mm -hmm. that could easily mm -hmm. be done very clumsily, I think, but I wonder if, if that's kind of what they're doing. Oh, you put the empire. Oh, you're so smart. You put the graphic up there. Oh yeah. I found it. That's the one you were talking about, right? Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, her hair is very. Yeah, look at that. I mean, isn't that a handhold? Look at that handhold. <laughs> yeah, very much. Now, I didn't. I don't remember seeing that trailing out behind her like a kite when she's doing her no, like fifty foot leap uh, in yeah. the in the trailer moment. So she clearly ties it back when actually in combat. Uh, but I remember that Legolas has a really cool braid that I'd love to figure out how to do. Uh, in this pointing guy scene, I was like, "Oh, cool braid! I like that." <laughs> I missed that. I have to go back and look at his braid. Oh, you missed it. Oh, yeah. Well, so I, you know, I mean, I have the hair for it, so it's like, you know, finding ways to braid my hair back. Okay. Well, anyway, so I just kind of wanted to bring that up because a couple of people had had said, you know, we talked about Bjorn earlier, and of course, Bolg is supposed to be—he's in the movie at all. He's supposed to be a torturer. Um, so it just seemed like, you know, we got a lot of torture going on here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> But we will revisit this a little bit more later when we get to Bolg. But in the meantime, Riddle 2.06. We are now in getting into Bardland. What are no holds barred, as Laura <laughs> named our digest about this? What is, is, is she's, you know, I've got a whole new bar I have to like now. Yeah, you know, she's challenging me on titles now, Laura is. <laughs> so we've got this sort of, you know, I'm in competition. There's a competition going on now to figure out the best title. Okay. Um, what and I also, by the way, now know who must have named them Silmarillion episodes. Because I have that we those have that we, we tended to vote on those, we, though Laura oh, did you, have like final say most of the time. The best. I, oh, okay. I named yeah. some of them but um yes. but a lot of those were group effort. Yeah, that was actually like by the time when we were actually re recording those live, um, the there was there was like a, a chat window that was going on among the participants during. Oh, the so session. they were, yeah. And they would spend like the whole last half of the episode discussing amongst themselves what the episode was going to be named while I was still trying to do discussion. Uh, There's another so, good reason not to have a live chat during the during your courses. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh, God. Okay. Well, Riddle 2.06. What is Bard's relationship with the company going to be when they are in Lake Town? A, he has no presence or only a cameo role, which is the closest to the book answer. B, he supports them openly. C, he supports them but secretly. D, he openly opposes them. Or E, he works against them secretly. Um, what did we say? Let's see, this is 06, right? I said D. I said D. I remember that. You said D. Yeah, you did. That's he right. He openly opposes them. You know, and in the trailer, he yeah, you pretty know. much openly opposes them. That's but I say be careful because we got tricked by a couple of things in the trailers last year, too. I remember mm. the whole Took Baggins thing, kind of. It looked one way in the trailer, but it was actually another way. Yeah. And, and it, you know, the statement that he makes about, like, you know, that you'll bring destruction down on us all. That could just be, you know, a warning or a caution. It doesn't have to be like, and I think you're awful and I oppose what you do and I think you shouldn't go. Um, like it's, it's, it's not that to me, but, but, but I certainly agree, Laura. That, I mean, it so basically an, I'm saying it's not a slam reaction. dunk, but it's, right. it could be an initial reaction. Yeah. yeah. It's certainly strong evidence that, uh, that, uh, that answer is, is, it is in the running, that answer. Very, the, very I mean, it's much. Certainly, yeah. Now, I said C, which was he supports them, but secretly. And Dave and I both said that. But, Corey, I think you said B, didn't you? B, he supports them. I keep them having openly. to flip back and forth. Yeah. No, yeah, you said B. Yeah. Your answer was B. Dave and I both said C. Yep, that sounds right. And as I recall, my argument was, and I still believe in it, that there needs to be two different 
uh, that he's going to be the spokesperson for the non-master of Lake Town sentiment uh, in the right. town, uh, and that he's going to be it. So, yep, yep. Now, of course, it's possible the fact that he is the voice for that doesn't necessarily mean to be the public voice for that. He could still support them secretly, and we, the audience, could hear him as the spokesperson for that kind of sentiment in Lake Town. But still, I'm 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 going to stick with B. We'll see. Could yeah. be, but yeah, I, but and I also think the, I agree. You know, Laura is definitely in, the leading candidate in the running. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just feel like Bard could be. I, I just feel like Bard is the voice of of doom. You know, he's yeah. like, you guys are gonna bring disaster. You know, because and and in the Hobbit book, that's that's kind of how he comes in. Yeah, the grim voiced man. The exactly. First, the first time we see him, he's he's saying, you know, you fools. You know, this is not gold running down from the mountain. This is this is disaster coming on us. And then in defense of mine, you know, the fact that we do see them leaving um, openly, you know, in a boat. In other words, that this t town people are seeing them off, um, you know, when they take their boat to the mountain. Um, doesn't It still doesn't preclude the fact that he could be supporting them secretly. In other words, you know, we don't necessarily see him on the wharf saying, goodbye, goodbye, I support right. you openly. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think Laura's, uh, Laura's choice is definitely the lead right now, but I think it's still open season. And as somebody asked me what happens if there's a change of heart in the, in the middle, I said, that'll be for the judges to make the call. Then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, no, no, I don't think anybody agreed with me, so. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. The, okay, uh, Miss Laura. The trailer uh, may change people's mind, but. Exactly. Anyway, That's so right. the conundrum. Oh, this is the oh, this is the one you meant where people can come back and change it to be more with you on this one. When you, at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah, show, of you course. said that. Yeah. <laughs> they realized that I'm right. So anyway, uh, the conundrum: Will Bard have a personal grudge against the master of Lake Town? For instance, he cheated him out of his inheritance. So something. So Corey, the idea here is that his personal, as opposed to simply being opposed to sort of like the government, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I am the, you know, I am the champion of the people. Rather, it's something really personal. I love it. And Trish, you said no, <laughs> and I said yes. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I say yes because I hope it's true. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would. Like it's well, especially since. You know, given the amount of time that they're going to have to dip, it's not going to spend the whole movie in Lake Town, you know, so we're not going to be able to build a, a, a gradual sense of what if the if the master of Lake Town, in fact, runs an exploitative, you know, bad government, which I rather expect, um, if that's true. We're not going to be able to get a general sense of like, ah, but the people of Lake Town are being oppressed in various ways. Um, but if we can hear a bard's personal grievance um that would be a much more concise way to capture the right. the master of lake town is not doing right by his people concept yeah. in a way which will be very effective for the story um so uh so yeah i love it i say yes <laughs> You know, Master of Lake Town, that's another one we haven't seen in the trailer. I mean, we've got yep. uh, Bjorn, the Master, and Bolg, if he ends, if, which is, we're coming right up on Bolg right now, if he's if he's in the movie, you know, so far, we have not seen them, so we may be getting some interesting trailers coming down the line. Yeah. Which I is can, a great segue to Riddle 2.07. I was going to say, I could definitely see a, uh, uh, a 
Lake Town centric trailer. Yeah, trailer. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, 207. What will Bolg's role be in the Hobbit Desolation of Smog? A, he is commander in chief of the Orc armies, which is the book answer. B, his activity is limited only to Dal Guldur. C, he leads away missions with red shirts, right? D, he has no defined role, or E, none of the above. <laughs> we have a lot of none of the aboves. Um, so there was a fair amount of conversation about this on the site, you know, when we put it up. And uh, the, the commander-in-chief of the Orc Army, remember we're talking about the second movie. We're not talking about Battle of Farm Arby's. We're not talking about the third movie. We're talking about the answer A is he's the commander-in-chief of the Orc Army's and there's no war yet. You know, there's no Battle of Five Armies yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, so his activity is broad. Dol Guldur may be his headquarters, but he's in charge of, you know, the Orc armies all over the place. Whereas in B, he's only he's only active in Dol Guldur. Yeah, he's got to be. If if he were to be, I mean, A is still perfectly plausible. Yes, we're not going to see him leaving troops mm-hmm. in battle, but he'd have to be preparing. Right. Again, for book right. answer in the book the orcs are starting to prepare for battle. You know, the goblins are starting to, to muster right after Thorin and them escape. Like that's the thing that, that pushes the goblins over the edge. They're already gathering. And then they hear that the dragon is dead and they're like, Hey, it's super bonus time. Let's go claim the gold also. (laughs) So, so basically this means uh, there is in fact a book answer for what is Bulg doing during the time frame that is the second movie. And that is, mustering the goblins so right right uh we could and especially when you add then into that the necromancer plot then Ah. it makes even more it makes that even more plausible because then we can get some more also on the coordination between the goblins and the necromancer Mm -hmm. which seems almost inescapable um and that would give us another reason to see the goblin commander involved so yeah it's except i think you did say b Corey. Said, I, I I did. We all yeah. said B. Yeah. We all said I said B. A. I said A. <laughs> okay. I did. That's good. I did yeah. say A. Because yeah. I just, so you just you, know? defor- you just defended Laura's position. That's, right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll just... well and so did Mark Fisher. Mark Fisher. Mark Fisher gave the book answer also. That's good. That's good. Getting back to his roots yeah. there. That's good. Well, <laughs> what I was thinking is, you know, maybe we'll have a little dynamic with Azog and Bolg, where Azog, the, the father, is the one who kind of went nuts. And became a became an outcast and a rebel, and his son is the one who's r- risen to power and taken over for him. So that's what I kind of thought. Azog's like a renegade, yeah. right? Yeah. Now Azog is still off on his yeah. mad quest, and here's Bolg being like, yeah. you know, uh, here I am, like minding the shop all by myself, you know, trying to be, you know, some kind of a sane leader of our people, and there's Dad out doing his wild-eyed crazy thing on his own. <laughs> exactly. We have, so I said, I remember saying in the digest, we could talk about, you know, we talked about the torture motif. Now we got, there's a major father-son motif going on in this trilogy between Thorn and Thrine, Legolas and Thranduil, and Aesog and Bolg. We have yeah. the potential for some serious father-son stuff. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Like, Denethor and And then we'll find out that Bard is the illegitimate child of the Master of Lake Town. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and there's there's Bilbo and Frodo who really have a father son relationship. Yeah, there's too. a father son sort of relationship there too. So, oh my 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 my. Okay, so we all answered B, and Laura answered A, and now Laura lay that lay that conundrum on us. 
I will. The conundrum is, is Bolg undead? Because we did see him get, or what we think is Bolg, at least get wounded in the Battle of Azanulbazar. I I think it sure did look like he got taken down by Dwalin. It did. Now, you know, we never yeah. saw the body, you know, we didn't get we didn't take his vitals, we just saw him fall, which is not the same thing. Um but but you know Well what I was thinking if Bolg is not dead, uh, why isn't Bolg going after Dwalin? You know, I mean Azog you know, Azog, yeah, he got a little bit you know, he got his arm taken off, but you know Right. Bold seemed like he well, got hurt pretty, pretty you know, bad. Maybe, after maybe being undead gives you a better sense of perspective on all of this. You know, like, <laughs> you've got the time for, like, anger management classes, and you can be That's like, right. look, Dad, you have you can really talk lost to the perspective Nazgul. on all of this. You know, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I've seen the our life is I've too short. Back. There are only, you know, as it is, our time is too short for the number of people we want to torture and harass. So why waste it? Like, you know, dedicating yourself to useless vengeance on one person. So yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I think now we don't we don't actually have this up yet um, on no, the grid. No, we don't, do we? Oh, no, because I, I haven't. Because uh, I don't think the episode's out yet. yet. Episode, but no, I think I'm we divided on this, today. didn't we? I, I said, think we divided I on said, this lore, didn't I we? said no. I don't think Bulb is undead. Oh, okay. I think so. I said no too. Yeah, I think we both said no because it would be See, a little okay. silly. But Here we I'm had so many divided. so many fans yeah. who were just well, the running with idea. the Bulb's yeah, undead thing. This is the Zomborg conundrum, yes. Yeah. Uh, here and here I am I am sharply divided between uh my heart and my head here uh my head says no but my heart says yes uh I I, I really I I just I I I I am yeah I will get to say the word Zombork so many more times if he turns out to be undead. In fact, I would be willing to bet that, like, I could say the word Zombork, like, in print somewhere. You know, like, I could actually say it. Like, I might even be able to try to manipulate some kind of, like, uh, uh, unsuspecting mainstream journalist into writing the word Zombork in an article. That's right. If... He turns out to be, be undead. Awesome. And the possibilities of this are just too oh, delightful to that's turn really away cool. from. So, Actually, you know, you could even do it ahead of time if you get interviewed ahead of the movie coming out. It's true. And speculating about Bull. It's that's true. Right. Yeah, that's if I'm asked, right. I will make sure to mention the word Zombork. But yeah. the other thing, <laughs> the one piece of, like, the one way in which my head is willing to concede to my heart on the undead orc question is that... Um, uh, there is the necromancer thing, you know, that like the fact that he's called the necromancer right. and that people are going to, whether or not, whatever it is, Peter Jackson does or does not do with uh, the necromancer on screen, everybody is going to be thinking about zombies and the undead um, because he's called the necromancer. So, you know, so there is a, there's a part of me which says, you know, come on, like PJ, why fight it? You know, like that's what everyone's thinking it anyway. <laughs> Just pull the trigger, man. Like, you know, no harm done. It's, I, I, so I can imagine it for that reason. Um, uh, 
Um, you think if you think if Bolg was actually killed at that battle, that Azog might mention that when he's going after the dwarves. Well, you know, he doesn't mention it in particular, though. Again, it would certainly, as you say, it seems like okay, you know, dude, they cut off your hand, but get a grip, right? But if they cut off his hand and killed his son, then you know, that's yeah, um, that's different. Um, so no, I, I, um, I, I'm gonna say yes. I'm going to do it. You're going to say yes? I'm going to say yes. All right. I'm going to predict Zomborg. Now, listen. Yes. Two things from Harold Johnson, one of which um, I've just written a note about. So Harold is pledging to use both Adderkop and Zomborg non-ironically in conversation in the next week. (laughs) So I've asked him to be sure and come on to Riddle in the Dark page and let us know how he was able to do that. And he he also asks... Back to the real world, back in, in a real world, inter, oh, not back in, doesn't necromancer come from Middle English negromancer, which just means dark arts or black magic? Um, well, I, we do see that in Middle English, um, uh, where the word is often spelled negromancy with an I-G, um, which does refer ah, okay. to the, to the, to, to, to black. This very famously, um, uh, very famously, by the way, is used in Sir Thomas Mallory of Morgan Le Fay, um, that she learned nigromancy at uh, convent schools, uh, always leading me to the question, what do they teach them at these convent schools these days? <laughs> but um, uh, she, no, like, I mean, he very casually says this, oh, like she, when she was a child, she was sent off to a nunnery where she learned nigromancy and all these other things as if it were just like exactly what you would expect them to be taught like in the standard curriculum. School- uh, of, of, yeah, of the I, you know, I went to Catholic school, and we were definitely not taught any. Not taught that I black magic. That's good. That's good. Uh, and it's not even like you know. I mean, if 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 it were a hundred years later, Maori might be suspected of being, you know, a Protestant who because like the you know Martin Luther wouldn't have been a bit oh, surprised right, to right. learn that they taught them necromancy in convent schools. But uh, sure. but but sure. that's not where Maori was anyway. Um, so it's kind of a funny moment, but it's certainly true. <laughs> And of course, the, what what uh, what Morgan Le Fay learns in uh, in the convent school uh, is not the same as the well. I guess the other sorceress that Lancelot meets later on in Mallory is not exactly a necromancer so much as a necrophiliac. So never mind. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's she, never mind. Uh, it's it's really it's. <laughs> It's a family Sounds show. Um, it's pretty awful. It's yeah, no, she show. plans okay. to. She falls in love with him, and she plans to kill him for anyway. It's oh my gosh. Never mind. But um, uh, but yeah. Well, uh, now so, but when Tolkien wrote The Hobbit, necromancer yeah. did mean basically bringing the dead back to life, right? And but he, but it seems like he would be just well, that's. It seems like our professor was just this sort of guy that would use maybe a Middle English meaning meaning dark arts as opposed to no, quite possibly. But see, okay, there there are two things. First of all, there is there is clear usage of the word necromancer um, of necromancy, meaning using the necro root and not the Middle English black arts ah. root uh okay. not not necessarily within tolkien but then like, one that jumps out immediately to my mind is in bram stoker's dracula which was 1897 um and right. that it, it van helsing refers to necromancy when he's listing one of the powers which 
uh, which Dracula has, and he defines necromancy as the divination by the dead, which is quite literally what necromancy means. Um, and so, so anyway, that is that is at least like one clear piece of evidence that the word within the the a modern context clearly is taken to to mean that. Um, I kind of wonder if Tolkien had meant had meant the Middle English version if he would have spelled it differently or something. Oh, I'm sure he would have. Oh, I sure think he him. might he have was... anyway. And yeah. and the other thing that I go to there is the context in which he originally uses the word. He, uh, that is. Well, I was going to ask you, isn't it Thu, isn't it? Yes, Thu, the, Thu, the necromancer Thu. in the yeah. Lay of Lathian. And, right. you know, it's like ghosts and spirits and stuff. It kind right. of sounds like necromancy, like necromancy in the Van Helsing sense of divination right. by the dead, having some kind of gaining information from and, you know, sort of manipulating the spirits of the dead. Um, remember, even the story which uh, survives into the published Silmarillion, Silmarillion of, of, of Gorlim the Unhappy, um, the companion mm-hmm. of Baron who betrays them and who is deceived by a phantasm of his dead wife, Eowynel. Um, that's right. And, and, that's, and, and it's Sauron who does that. Yeah, um, now, again, right. it's not actually her spirit. That's just an illusion, right? But again, it's like it's, it's, it's another association between Sauron and, mm-hmm. you know, at least a vision of a dead person. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think in, in the Lay of Lathian context, I think there's at least enough evidence to suspect that Tolkien is actually thinking of necromancer with actual, uh, with actual connections to the necro, the modern version of the necro ele- element rather than the Middle English version. But, um, okay. That's interesting. But it, it is an interesting more, question. More lessons, folks. <laughs> you got to stay awake in these podcasts. But, Right, but I do want to. I do want to just, as a closing note, specify that I am not in any way suggesting that they currently teach necromancy or nigromancy at convent schools. Uh, I am not, especially in light of President Obama's recent comments, I don't want to be, uh, uh, be 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 seen to uh, be making any aspersions against Catholic education. So I just wanted to make absolutely sure that that is perfectly plain. I'll, I'll have to watch what my son's bringing home a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's you know, you do have to just double check the curriculum. You know, it might yeah. be worth it. You know. <laughs> well, well, this is our, that was our last conundrum because we've not okay. done any digests yet for the remaining two, but we have the last two riddles. Right. Um, riddle 208 is how will the Hobbit desolation of Smaug begin? This is our, you know, inevitable yep. beginning riddle. Yep. Yep. Um, A, action continues in real time, either with the company or somewhere else. B, return to the frame narrative of old Bilbo at Bag End. C, a flashback. D, exposition. Or E, none of the above. And let's see. Real two A. Okay, so I know I said A. I said real time. Well, we were split. I mean, Corey said C. Dave said D. Trish said A. Laura hasn't said yet because we haven't done the digest yet. So I'm I'm going to split us completely because I'm going to say B. I think we're going to go back. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. So one of us will be right. Exactly. Yay! Hooray. <laughs> That's comforting. Um, yeah, I, I still, the, I mean, I'm thinking about sort of the trailer in particular. And of course, the, now we're getting into ones which we've done quite recently, just in the last month or so. And, um, right. you know, very little has come to, uh, to alter my feelings about, you know, my, my opinions about that. The one thing, 
if we are, and here's like a string of ifs here, if we are correct about, uh, you know, plummeting, balding, crazy guy being a flashback of Thran and the finding of the key, um, that at least I said flashback, so that it does give a uh, the, the possibility, oh. you know, it, it gives us a flashback to work with, which would be, right. and, and I do think that that would work as a decently good opening flashback um, because a flashback to Gandalf finding the key could help to move, could help to propel the Thorin plot forward because it relates to Thorin's heritage and we could get, you know, final words between Thran and Gandalf, which could be used significantly, uh, you know, could resonate significantly with Thorin's plot in film two, while also, of course, prefiguring or setting up the Gandalf Radagast adventure into Del Guldur that's obviously going to mm-hmm, happen mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. So, um, or if it's not Del Guldur, it's the, it's the tombs of the high fells or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, um, so, you know, it's basically, I do think it is something that could function pretty well as a, uh, um, as a, uh, opening flashback to the film but you know who knows uh, that's I, I other than that i don't feel like there's very much that we've seen that has really given us any information you know what i'd like to see i'd like to see old bilbo um telling a story to the hobbit children and mm-hmm. it's the story of them coming to bjorn's house and that's how it opens up i think that'd be really cool Ooh, like during his party so the party's now underway yeah. right yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It could, to, to give a sense of the progression of time within the frame mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, we got right before the party um, in the opening scene of film one. So we get a, sh- a, a, a frame shot from the middle of the party. That would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Now, I want to insert a little something here. This seems like a good spot to do it. I, I actually put this up on, uh, on the Riddles in the Dark page. So I, I said, let's do some math. Movie opening and time at Bjorn's house, 30 minutes. Spiders, captured by elves, Thranduil being snarky, 30 minutes. Escape, barrel chase, pick up by bard, 30 minutes. Lake town, travel to mountain, get to door, 30 minutes. Bilbo chats with Smaug, 30 minutes. That's 150 minutes. And we haven't even covered. There's stuff we haven't covered. Right. Well, <laughs> if, even if we take it down to 20 minutes, we're at 100 minutes. Well, that could work. If we that could like, work. Average 20 minutes between those. That, that could, could work. work. Yeah, see, that's that's. I find that hard to predict. I mean, I both because I have not as clear a sense of time passing. I mean, I, I would have to, I mean, I think to really, to really get a sense of that, what we would need to do um, is to go through and map out film one in that way and say like, okay, yeah. what are the, what yeah. would we identify as the major segments or sequences of that film mm-hmm. and how long was spent mm-hmm. on each one there? Like time Bilbo spends standing around looking uh, glancing around bag end and saying nothing, 25 minutes, you know, we'd have to, we'd have to map that out. But um, no, I'm just teasing. Cause I love that moment. Everyone else was making fun oh, of it too. and how slow moving the film yes. was. And I thought it was brilliantly done. Uh, but anyway, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, um, you know, there'd be there. We would have to see how those mapped out in order to give us an idea of what would be a reasonable expectation for film two. Um, but cause I could easily see, like the Bjorn's house scene, for instance, taking 10 minutes or 15 minutes and still feeling quite ample, um, right. depending on how that's mm-hmm. done, you know, and what 
So yeah, I, I'm not really sure, but certainly but there, there's I, a I lot of stuff. I included that with the movie opening. So the movie opening and Tommy Bjorn's house is 30 minutes. So you know what I mean? It's like I did like I. It was like I was actually being fairly generous with my. You know how much was going to be in that time frame? <laughs> yeah, maybe though. Again, like, my first capture by Al Srandall, You know, yeah, but it could work. The I mean, just it's, there's a lot. You know, it just seems like there's a, a lot time. to cover. Yeah, that's true. Ha- Especially if you're doing a lot of, like he said, you know, uh, the visuals and Freeman's ability to convey so much just in facial expressions is right. remarkable. It right. will definitely yep. be action packed. There's, oh, there's, boy, a I'll tell you what. there's a lot to cover in the second movie. No, exactly. Uh, Especially you know, it, it suddenly know. occurs to me, I sure do hope that we get to have the conversation between Bilbo and Smaug in movie two. If they make us wait to movie three for that part, I'm going to be really angry. I, can't, I mean, this is starting to get towards, well, we should probably not, we should probably not go there because this is probably going to be our next or one of our sooner episodes of where is it going to end. Oh, exactly. that's true. That's true. Um, Where's it going to end? Yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can, I can, I can have a time. That, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I'll save, and I'll save that up for that too. Okay. So we don't have a conundrum for this one. So we'll go to our final riddle that's been, uh, that we have so far, which is riddle 2.09. How will the political and economic relationship between Lake Town and the elves of Mirkwood be portrayed? A, they have a trading agreement, wine or other commodities via barrels, etc., and are political allies, which is the book answer. B, they have a trading agreement but are not allied at all. C, they are allied but have no trading agreement. Or D, they are not allied and have no trading agreement. One of our famous quadrant mm. uh, riddles. <laughs> what did I say on Which that? actually we re- – you said – hold on here. You said B, and Dave I and I both B. said A. Right, okay. Hmm. Yes, and because my main thing is, are they going to be friends, or is like the tension between them, or the manipulation right. of one by the other, going to be a feature? And I think yes, it is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and you were kind of more like, weren't you talking about more like Thranduil really wouldn't, cons- you know, he wouldn't lower himself to ally himself with them. He considers them more like tradesmen and servants, yeah. or you know. Right. Yeah, stink. I can certainly, especially as he's going, as yeah. he's apparently depicted in the film. Yeah, that, that he's not going to see yeah. them on equal ground. Well, there's very little from the trailer uh, that we got to suggest anything about that. The one thing that's kind of evocative is that scene when Toriel and Legolas are standing there talking, and you know they're clearly like near Lake Town, right? And they're kind right. of looking off in that direction, and um, or at least that's what it looks like from the trailer, I think. Um, and that doesn't have a very Hey, it's our friends and allies kind of feel to yeah. it. Like that kind of has an outsider looking over yeah. there, talking about them, and are you know like because that's if I'm remembering correctly, that's in the like this is not our fight. Oh yes, this is our fight section, right? Right, right. Um, right. And so if they were allies, you know, and, and then like obviously anything that's about the lake men is going to be about them. Now, of course, when they're saying it's not our fight, it is our fight, they could just be talking about the dwarves and not talking about the people yeah. of Lake Town at all. Um, but, so anyway, I don't think there's anything very clear uh, as far as new information to uh, relate to this one, but the mm. general sense that I... that. Certainly in the trailer, I was not given anything which um, changed my mind about them being really close friends. 
Yeah, I would have to. I'd have to say probably B on this one, and I'm not even sure they really have a trading agreement. Um, yeah, the, I, yeah. The you know that because that uh, that river, they're they're uh, they're barreling down in their barrels. Yeah, does yeah. it look like a? Is lazy it really river? a very good? No. no, right. It doesn't really look like a good highway, does no, it, for no. back and forth yeah. Not at all. Though, the one thing to say in defense of that, though, is that why else are barrels tied next to the... I mean, it yeah. looks yeah. like those barrels were going to be at some point released into the river, and why do that if you're not... Well, and they're released. I mean, there's actually a lever, right? There's actually a lever mechanism, isn't it, that he releases to let the barrels... Is oh, the, in which case there's it's, literally a mechanical I mean, thing. What, what what are we supposed to imagine that the elves just routinely dump stuff in the river? You know, like just for for waste disposal. <laughs> That's a little yeah. hard to imagine. I know. Yeah. I I guess maybe or, they're, or maybe didn't they're somebody say it, or did Corey say? Or somebody okay. said that you know because they're supposed to be empty barrels going back down to Lake. Maybe Tom, they're right? special so they, like, elven they barrels. Over land. Maybe and they're like the empty ones get released. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're like the Lothlorien boats, where they are special barrels <laughs> yeah, that never sink and never get smashed. That's what people I have do. said to me about my complaints yes. about the barrels floating. I do love that like, idea. Oh, it's hilarious. No, I just love that. I well, absolutely just, love it, the idea. It just seems silly that they release barrels into this Niagara Falls, practically. You know, I mean, they're going to get smashed. Yeah, yeah. It certainly does seem a kind of a low. <laughs> But it is very visually. To, yeah. It's very exciting. It's much more exciting than the alternative. Oh, no of, question. Of some barrels well, bobbing yeah, down a yeah. yeah. river. Right, right. Blank barrels right. gently Covered. bumping down so the river. Yeah. That's, that's what Corey was saying. Corey was saying that the scene would be just these barrels. You know, you might hear a you know a, a groan ever so often. You know, but that's about it. And the moonlight. You know, like that drawing of Tolkien's with yeah. Bilbo on top of the barrel and the moon and. It could make a hilarious <laughs> parody, you know, to have like, to have, to have Half these, an hour these of barrels, these barrels over. gently bobbing and bumping up against each other <laughs> on a very placid stream while playing really exciting soundtrack behind, like, you know, with the intro music or yeah, something. No, yeah, no, 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 just have it, have it be like, you know, swift action sequence, exciting music <laughs> playing in the background oh, okay, while yeah. they're just like, Bobbing and floating down, <laughs> getting pulled away. Hang on, it's going to catch on the side of the river. Let me pull it out into the stream again. You know, I, I mean, that would be hilarious. Well, then we got, you know, go for. and of course, then we've got the, uh, you know, the the launching of Bomber into the air uh, in, while he's still in his barrel, uh, which is, you know, because he's so. I guess part of that is probably he's so fat he can't get out of his barrel, so he ends up in his barrel and he's launched in midair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am so looking forward to the dwarf barrel trebuchet. I can't wait for that sequence. The dwarf launching. Oh, yeah. Well, that is the end. We have come to the end of our of our f first half of the year. Um, Desolation of Smaug riddles. I know Comic Con is coming up next month. I think we got a couple of weeks. 
So yeah, and we so the, our next the things you know. So thinking of like what is to come here in the second half of the season, we have several topics which we still need to cover, um, right. which we haven't yet. We need to talk about the dragon and the conversation with the dragon. We need to talk about the end of the film. Um, we need right. to talk about the Ring of Power a little bit more and how that's going to be handled in the film. So right. those are some obvious topics that we need to get to. Um, for this for for this season on our own at the I know that Dave and I um keep you know want to come back and visit the bromance and how yeah. that might you know how yeah. we see that uh, unfolding in the movie yeah exactly some of these we've kind of waited for on purpose because we're kind of waiting for a little bit more data from Jackson to before right. we actually have the episodes right yeah and then on the data from Jackson front we're going to have presumably more trailers and more uh more images released and we will also have of course uh comic-con coming up soon but then right. also let's not forget we're going to get the extended edition of film one uh that's right we will certainly want to be talking about that that's what november right that's uh I heard November 12th. I don't know if that's an absolute date, but it makes sense for holiday buying that it would be like right. mid-November. Right. Um, yeah. Also, uh, Jackson did promise us a uh, video log soon, quote-unquote, and that was, I believe it was last week. It was, okay. uh, I think it was the same day I posted your pancake picture, so, um, <laughs> yeah. so whatever day that was. <laughs> oh, yes, the pancake. If, Stephen, Stephen if Jackson has yet, to do... He has to do a Zomborg pancake now. Oh, there you go. And I think he should do a coffee table book when he's done. See, the, here, the story behind this is that his kids gave him, I guess there's some kind of like pancake making mix uh, kit, you know, where you have all these different tools and stuff that you can do different shapes of, with pancake batter. So he's, you know, he started using it. And, and so he started off, let's see, he's done Gandalf and Bilbo and Dwalin and Bofur and Bag End. He did the front of Bag End. Mm -hmm. And then he, he and then he announced to me, he goes, he sends me messages privately. He goes, I know I will do Corey Olson. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. So I knew it was coming. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, um, I think that needs to be your profile picture. Yeah, no, it probably should. Yeah, be. I said you should yeah. use it on your netbook. Yeah. yeah, he did and Galadriel. And Galadriel, yeah, yeah, I saw the Galadriel. Yeah, yeah, he did it. Oh, he did a really good Gollum. He said he felt a little funny eating Gollum, but like a thing in the back, it kind of caught in the back of his throat, you know. Anyway, that was funny. Yeah, cool. So well, anyway, but but back to the thing. So Jackson said, "quote unquote," soon we'll get a vlog, which I'm hoping means we're going to get one before Comic Con, because certainly he'll do one at Comic Con. But, right. Um, right. So yeah, and we may have some more. Actually, after Comic Con and after trailers, we may and and the extended edition, we may even have some more special episodes of Riddles of the Dark, like we did for the trailer, just to yeah, sort of you know, spawn quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. No, that's great. And um, so, yes, we'll have lots to talk about. Scheduling-wise, I am not 100% sure uh, exactly when the next episode will be. Um, two, two weeks from now is um, actually the week I'm moving. Um, ah, okay. Uh, I will be... Is it, really? it is, yes. Um, because, and Laura, well, Laura and I are going to be at MythCon. Uh, oh, that's right, two weeks. Well, two weeks. Uh, Laura and I are going to be at MythCon. That's the 12th. 13, 14. I mean, we would love to, but you're moving that weekend, aren't you? That weekend is the weekend I'm driving trucks weekend. around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. No, I will we definitely... would love to be able to call you from MythCon and do a podcast with you. But um, Laura and I have talked about, you know, plunking our microphone down on the table in the bar and doing some podcasts like y'all did a couple of years ago. Exactly. Hopefully they'll, there, they'll so. be having, they'll be having like dance night again and have a little, you know, have <laughs> 
DJing. <laughs> so Laura and I will definitely too. report from, you know, we'll be your girls on the street from, you know, from MythCon. Right. We actually have a number. I think there's like six or seven of us from MythGuard uh, that some, a couple of are just attending, but there's an, I think at least five of us, if not six, are, are actually presenting papers. So we'll be mm -hmm. well represented. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jared has just asked uh, the weighted question. Is there a place online or any way to find out sometime beforehand when these podcasts will be? No. <laughs> the answer is no. Uh, no man shall know the day nor the hour of when the next uh, episode will be. <laughs> we um, <laughs> we, we just... try for every two weeks, which is why, yeah. you know, Corey's saying, uh, you know, he's he's actually backpedaling from the two week time at this point, because that's that would have been the eighth of eight, the week. We're talking about the week after July Fourth week, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, sorry, yeah. It's so probably it won't be until after. I could do that Monday the eighth. It's conceivable. Oh, okay. Uh, but okay. that's going to be the, my let, day. Let me, of don't hold packing. your breath, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> it might have to be pushed back a week uh, until. Maybe even until like midweek the following week, because I know yeah. I'm flying back on the fifteenth. Exactly. 15th, so, so we might so want to wait and maybe we, do we will, a little bit of a. We will try to slash. keep people posted about this, but we will see. And Dave, Dave has been really busy. He was man of honor at his sister's wedding this past weekend, which is why he's not with us now. Yes, there's been this like um, surge you know, to matrimony in the Kale family. So uh... <laughs> yeah, he said all four Kale children are they, now married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all had to get married all at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there was like a deadline or something. An expiration date. <laughs> That's right. Some kind of family pact or something. A, a sell-by date, right? Right. Sell-by. Right. Sell-by <laughs> July 30th. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, Pete said Man of Honor. Yeah. So, Pete, uh, just to tell Pete, so uh, Dave got married a few months ago, and she, and his sister was her best was his best man, her best woman. And so, because he and his sister are very close. And so when May got married over the weekend, then he served as her attendant. So it's man of honor, I suppose. Yeah, we call it man of honor. So she was best woman and he's man of honor. There you go. Kales are awesome. Yes, <laughs> Kales are awesome. I agree. <laughs> oh, very cool. All right. Well, that was great. Well, that was really fun. And we uh, just on the two, right around the two hour mark. That's great. Exactly. We're not going too far. We're not going, you know, we're, we're on our usual Exactly. Our, our usual um, was, absurdly this was great. It was really long fun. Uh, length. So yes, very good. Yes. Very good. Okay. So right. thanks everybody. And well, and for... We got classical education and middle English. There you go. Middle English education. And I mean, this was like packed full. There you go. There you go. And okay, uh, now I'll let you do it. Now and I'll let we you do it. Say, well, and we'll also say uh, one other little teaser to throw out. Uh, we are making steps towards finalizing uh, the details for MythMoot for next year. So uh, we will right. be, before too long, we will be And the be call able for papers announce. is out. Yes, the call for papers is out. Um, so anybody who would like to come and present a paper at MythMoot, uh, we encourage you to send in a proposal. Um, we are doing uh, papers from uh, from the general public, so that would be uh, that would be excellent. Um, we, are, we have some uh, confirmed guests. We're going to be having some uh, some 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 fun people joining us this year. So anyway, we will we will give some more details as we uh, as we finish sorting everything out. But I just wanted to kind of mention as a teaser that that is going to be coming, and hopefully we will have some more uh, some more news for you, uh, perhaps even by our next episode. We will see. Hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed. Hopefully, hopefully. So, okay. okay. Very good. So, thanks for listening, everybody, and Godspeed.